than miracles. Somebody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I do not believe it was a chance encounter. I believe it was an introduction and an interaction that the Lord had established to take place even before maybe time even existed. We read of this introduction. We read of this interaction in the gospel according to John. John chapter 9 in verse 1 where we pick up our story for today's ministry assignment. John chapter 9 and verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Now, in those days, there were no method uh, or means by which a blind individual could earn a living. And so this man had been forced to eke out a meager existence by begging along the side of a road in a public area. And so it was on this particular day that Jesus was walking by, and this is where he sees this blind man begging just to survive. I'm sure at this point in this man's life, he had become used to his condition. After all, darkness was the only thing that this man had ever known. You could attempt to describe the wonders of a rainbow to him, but it would have meant nothing to him, for he had no concept of color. Verdant hues and crimson splashes were just phrases and words to him. He had no concept of what those words described. He could not fathom the artistry of a sunset, the splendor, of a rose, the splashes of heaven's canvas on the autumn leaves. He could not fathom those things. He had no doubt adapted to life in this condition for this was simply the way it had always been and all that he could ever remember being. And because of this, he accepted his lot in life as that which was permanent. But Jesus was interested in introducing him to something more than what was. Jesus was interested in introducing sight into his eyes and a life to him in a way, in a form, in a fashion that he had never experienced and never known before. For Jesus was going to present him with a blessing that was physically and literally unimaginable to this blind man previously. As much as he would want to, he could not imagine sight, color. And I've been sent to tell somebody in this house today that Jesus has something in store for you as well. That is beyond anything your mind could have ever imagined as well. Come on, somebody. The Bible would speak to this reality of what Christ desires to do in this room today when it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 
But that as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear has it heard, neither has it entered into the heart or the imagination of a man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by the working of his spirit. And I'm here to tell somebody that the spirit of Almighty God is in this room today. We felt him and we are feeling him even now. The spirit of almighty God is at work in this house and he desires to work in your life before you leave this place today and he desires to do that which will be far beyond anything you could have ever known and anything you could have ever possibly imagined up until this point. Can I get a witness in the house of somebody that knows that God is able to do exceeding and abundant above all we can ask or even think God desires to do something miraculous in this house today. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together. I love you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Don't mean to belabor the point, nor do I want to insult anyone's intelligence today, but just we need to understand in order to grasp the point that I feel the Lord would desire for me to make. It is impossible for one who has been blind since birth to imagine color. So also, is it truly impossible to understand what God can do in your life Before he does it, a person who has never been born again of the water and of the spirit cannot imagine what it feels like to be washed free of the sin that has haunted them all of their lives. We can talk to you about it. We can do our best to explain it to you. Just, But it would be just like us trying to explain a, a rainbow to one who had been blind since birth. We could do the best that we possibly could. But you would not be able to know by our telling of it and our explanation of it what it feels like to have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and for every one of your sins to be washed washed away forever and cast into the sea of forgetfulness. A person who has experienced nothing but the emptiness of their lives cannot imagine what it's like to be filled to overflowing with the glory of God's loving presence. I'm sorry, but to those who've only experienced sadness and heartbreak and the tragedy that this world has to offer, then words uh, words fail to adequately express the joy and the true contentment that is only found in Jesus Christ. I'd love to tell you of the warm peace of God, but unless you've experienced it, it will be as though I would be speaking a foreign language. To those who've only known the betrayal and the abandonment that so often accompanies our trivial and fickle world, there would be no way for you to grasp the deepest of delight that comes with having a relationship with one who said he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. 
And yet I have not come to preach to you that those things are beyond our reach or outside of that which God could cause us to experience in our life and even in this house today because I've come to preach that just as Jesus brought sight into this blind man's eyes and just as he opened up a world to him that he never could have previously imagined before, so also is it the will of God to touch your life today and to allow you to begin to experience what you've never been able to experience before. I'm telling somebody it's the will of God for somebody to experience salvation today and forgiveness today and blessing today and love and hope and peace and contentment like has never been made available to you in your life. Somebody needs to understand Jesus is not stingy with that which he would desire to give to you. Jesus does not want to withhold anything that he has to offer from anyone in this room. In fact, he went to a cross and he shed his blood and he died on a on that tree and he was buried in a tomb for three days but on that third day he came up alive and well why he did all of that for you and he did all of that for me so that everything come on so that everything he has to offer is everything he could give to somebody in this room today. He's not just able to give you a portion or a part or a percentage of what he has. He wants to give it all to you. Somebody's been searching for this stuff all of your life. You've been looking for meaning. You've been looking for purpose. You've been looking for all of these things. You've been looking for peace and contentment and joy all of your life. And you haven't found it in anything that the world has to offer. I've come to tell you today that Jesus is here to offer these things to you. I know you might not be able to fathom what it will feel like. But just get ready. You're about to feel it. You're about to experience experience it. You're about to encounter it. Come on, somebody. Woo, somebody said amen. Turn your attention now to the next verse in our story, the next verse in our text. John chapter 9, let's just read verse 1 again to bring everything into context. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his, ver- his birth, verse 2. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? I need your minds a little bit here, but I want you to notice the disciples immediately assumed that it was a judgment from God that caused this man to be blind. Certainly he must have sinned in order to bring this blindness this judgment of blindness upon his life. Surely this man's past failures has caused this darkness to come upon him. But look how Jesus responds. The next verse, verse 3, John chapter 9 and verse 3. Jesus answered back to their question and said, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest 
in him. Now, we need to understand that most certainly this man was a sinner. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And yet he tells, Jesus tells his disciples that it was, it was not that he had not sinned. It was that it was not his sin that caused the darkness to be in his life. Hear me now. Christ said that because his focus was not on giving to people what they deserved because of their failures and their mistakes. For Christ came to give to people what they could never deserve because of his goodness. That's the story. That's what the lesson he was trying to get the disciples to understand. In other words, uh, Jesus was saying this. Uh, this is not about whether or not this man is bad. Uh, this is about the fact that I'm so good. I've been sent to tell you that while we all absolutely need a savior because we have all, we are all sin and come short of the glory of God. Christ has not come to this place today to condemn us for our mistakes and to condemn us for our failures, but rather he's here to show us love and he's here to show us compassion. Why? Because he is so loving and because he's so compassionate and because he is so good yes he is the almighty judge yes he is the ruler of all things yes he is the one who has the final say on all lives. And yes, he does not want us to continue living in sin, but it is not his will, nor is it his purpose to condemn us for the mistake and the failure of our living. For he knows that we are doing a good enough job condemning ourselves. Come on, somebody. Every day we condemn ourselves. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm preaching to somebody. The mistakes and the failures of our lives and we wake up with it and we go to sleep with it and we look back on the things we've done or the things we're currently doing and we condemn ourselves. And so when we come into the presence of the Lord, the last thing we need God to do is to condemn us. Come on, somebody. The enemy of our soul is condemning us as well. So we're condemning ourselves. The enemy of our soul is condemning us. But God has not come to condemn. The Lord wants somebody to understand today. Listen, I know you're condemning yourself. I know what you did was wrong. I know you wished a thousand times you weren't involved in the things that you've been involved in past or even in present. But the Lord wants you to understand his goodness is greater than your mistakes and his love is greater than your failures. 
Come on, somebody needs to understand today. Uh, if, you've got a, if you've got an idea of a God in heaven right now, uh, they're sitting there with some big club uh, just waiting to smack you over the top of your head uh, because of the sins that are in your life. You've got a wrong misconception of who God is. Uh, I'm here to tell somebody uh, he is a God of mercy. Uh, he is a God of love. Uh, he is a God of compassion. Come on, is there anybody glad that when you came to the house of the Lord, God didn't kick you out because of the failure and the wrong and the mistakes and the sins that were in your life, but he said, I love you. When, ha, 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 when we were yet in our sin, Christ died for us. He loved us enough to die for us, even in our sin. Come on, if you're glad about it, worship him now. Come on, somebody, if you're glad for the mercy and the grace of God, thank you for it now. Somebody needs to know the enemy of your soul is telling you that the mistakes of your past have brought about your life to be that which is worthless, without value void of future possibilities. Because of who you are, the devil would say, the enemy of your soul would shout, scream into your mind because of what you have done. You're never going to move forward past this point. You're never going to move past where you are. You're never going to get past the mistakes of your todays and the mistakes of your yesterdays. But I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. For God is very much interested in you. I, I need somebody to know today God has big plans. Say, well, preacher, you don't know my story. It doesn't matter. You don't know my failures. It doesn't matter. You don't know my, state, my mistakes. It doesn't matter. I'm here to tell you. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God had a purpose. God had a plan for your life. And yes, you made some mistakes, but I'm here to tell you, your mistakes do not have to derail God's purpose and plan for your life. He's just simply going to pick you up from where you are now. Come on, somebody. I need somebody to help me preach right about now. He's going to pick you up from where you are right now with all the baggage, with all the hurt, with all the struggle, with all the wrong, with all the junk in your life. He's not going to condemn you and say, well, if you didn't do that, I could have used you. And if you hadn't done that, then I could have caused something good to come out of your life. No, he's just going to pick you up from where you are. And he's going to say, let me deal with that. Let me help you with that. Let me heal you of that. Let me restore you from that. Let me redeem you of that. Let me forgive you of that. And now we're going to begin to move forward in the purpose and the plan that I positioned you for before you were even born. Come on, if you believe that, praise him for his ability right now. Come on, just a little bit longer if you're thankful for that. Praise him for it. Worship him for it. 
Somebody hear this preacher right now? The Bible describes the Lord and it says he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning, but he is also the ending. He doesn't just start stuff, he finishes it. I need somebody to understand. When he saw your life, he saw a timeline. He saw it from the beginning, but he also saw it at the finish line. And at any point in that timeline, at any point in that timeline, you decide to give your life to him. That's the point that he can step in and begin to do some course correction and say, "You're gonna. You might not have started right, and you might have had some mistakes in the middle, but baby, you're gonna finish exactly where I positioned." If you just put your hand in the master's, if you just put your life in the master's hand, he's going to, of course, correct you, and he's going to change it up, and he's going to bring about in your life exactly what he has intended. Somebody needs to understand the reason why he does that. It has nothing to do with how bad you are. It has everything to do with how good he is. Stop looking at the future of your life through the lens of your mistakes and start looking at the future of your life through the lens of his mercy. Somebody said amen. I'm hurrying, but let's look one more thing here. I want you to look again at the description that the Bible gives concerning this man's need. Take you back to the first verse, John chapter 9 and verse 1. And Jesus passed by, saw a man which was blind from his birth. Somebody in the house quite possibly is doubting God's ability to work his work in your life simply because of the length of time you have been forced to endure it. Because that particular darkness has weighed you down for such a mighty long time, you don't think God can change it. But as we again look at our text, the Lord brought about a miracle in the life of someone who had been bound by his darkness for his entire life. It wasn't a one-year thing. It wasn't a five-year thing. We don't know how old he was, but it's, it's assumed that by this point he's an adult, 20, 30, 40, 50 years of darkness quite possibly. And the Lord in one moment <laughs> brings about a healing into his life. You need to get a revelation of the fact today that big problems are not big problems to Jesus. problem to us but it's not a big problem to the one who has the earth or the heavens as his throne and the earth as his footstool how big of a problem do you think it would be for the one who puts the stars into space it's big to us but it's not big to him 
It may be long-standing problem to you, but you got to understand he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has been since eternity. Before time even existed, God was. When time ceases to exist, God still will be. So how long of a problem do you think that is to him? It's not long at all. It does not frighten him. It does not scare him. How big it is. How long you may have had it. It's not too big for God to handle. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26 says, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Doesn't matter how long it's been, sir, all things are possible to God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big of a problem it has been, ma'am, to God all things are possible. Therefore, with that understanding in mind, uh, this needs to be the verse that somebody gets into your heart uh, and you begin to live out this verse. Mark 9 and 23, Jesus saith unto them, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Somebody needs to get faith in your spirit right now about an understanding of who God is and the power of him who is king of all kings and lord of all lords and you need to begin to square your shoulders back and say I can't fix it on my own. I can't rectify the problem all by myself but I'm going to put my faith in the one who has all power in heaven and in earth because when I do all things are possible to him come on anybody in the house ever had God fix a big problem come on you're testifying to somebody in the house right now anybody in the house ever had God fix a long standing problem Come on, it didn't matter. We told you a couple weeks ago, my family, my wife's been, had a prayer request and praying for 30 years for a particular thing to happen. And just within the last couple weeks, the Lord has done a miracle in her family. It was a 30-year prayer request, but it doesn't matter how long. I said it doesn't matter how long. My God is able. We're just going to keep on believing. We're just going to keep on trusting. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter that everybody else may have given up hope on it. There is a God that is able to meet your need today. Come on, clap your hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm almost done, last point. I want you to look at what it says Jesus did next. Watch this now. What Jesus did next in order to bring about this man's miracle. John chapter 9 and verse 6. When he had thus spoken, 
So Jesus is having this conversation with this man. The Bible says when he had thus spoken, Jesus spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. So this man went his way, therefore, and he washed as Jesus told him to do and came back seeing. Thank you for the miracle, Jesus. Now, we need to truly grasp what has happened in this particular part of our story. This man had a need. He was blind. Jesus spits in the dirt, makes a mud pie. Anybody ever remember making mud pies? Made a mud pie out of his spit and the dirt. Balls it up. Puts it on the man's eyes. Then he said, keep the mud, which is spitting dirt, on your eyes. Go to the pool, wash it out. And when he obeyed him, he was healed. Now, it's just possible today. I feel this so strong, and then I'll be done. Stay, just stay with me for a few more moments. It's just possible today that you are feeling the presence of the Lord in a way and in a form that quite possibly you have never felt him before. And his presence, and maybe even some parts of this service, and the depth of what you're currently feeling or are about to feel in the next few moments have caused for you to get outside of your comfort zone. You come into this room and people are standing and they're shouting. People are talking in tongues, which by the way is very biblical or else we wouldn't be doing it. It's very biblical, but it still doesn't, just because it's biblical doesn't mean it's normal to you. And so you hear all of this and you see all of this and, 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 and the way we're responding may be different and I get up here and I'm sweating and screaming and this isn't, this isn't, this isn't what I was thinking this was going to be. I didn't know what I was getting into today, but maybe this wasn't what you thought it was going to look like. And you're feeling something. You're feeling something. You're feeling it in your heart. You're feeling it deep down inside. And, 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 and you don't know why you're feeling what you're feeling. You don't know why you're experiencing these feelings and these emotions. Like I, I've, never, I've never felt these feelings in church before. I've never experienced this kind of thing when I went you know, with my grandma or whatever it was. I never really experienced this. And, and, and it's, it's not necessarily that it's bad. It's not necessarily that, I, that it's wrong. It's just, it's just uncomfortable. We want you to understand we completely get that. 
There were so many of us in this place the first time we came and experienced the presence of the Lord. Can I get a witness that maybe it was out of your comfort zone? Come on, lift your hand just so everybody knows. It was, it was uncomfortable. What is transpiring right now in your mind? What is transpiring right now in your heart? What is transpiring in your emotions? You're saying, you know what, this, when I pulled into the parking lot today, I didn't know exactly what I was getting into, but this is not at all what I imagined. Stay with me now. I need the church. What you're currently experiencing may not have been what others have told you religion looks like or what religion feels like. It may be what, it may not be what you're used to. Maybe based upon your previous experiences with other places and other churches, this may be different to you. But hear me, the spit and the dirt and the mud in that man's eyes may have been momentarily uncomfortable. But it was the catalyst that brought about the miracle. Come on, Jesus. And I need somebody to understand uh, what you're feeling right now uh, may be momentarily uncomfortable. Uh, it may be beyond anything you may have experienced before. Uh, the emotions you're feeling, the physical sensations that you're feeling, uh, the thoughts that are going in your mind, the things you're seeing uh, with your eyes uh, and how your mind and your body and your spirit is responding uh, to the presence of the Lord uh, that is in this place today may be unlike anything uh, that you have been a accustomed to uh, anything you have ever encountered in your, in your past, uh, but you need to understand uh, the presence of Almighty God uh, that is causing you to feel the way you feel right now, uh, that is in fact maybe bringing you out of a comfort zone, uh, is in fact the very thing that holds within its power the miracle uh, that you so desperately need. Come on, church. I don't know, preacher. This is so different from anything I've ever encountered before. Yes, it is different. But could it just be that you need something different? Come on, you've searched here and here and here and here. You've looked at this and this and this and this. And you've tried this for six months. And you've tried this for a year. And you've tried this for a while. And this friend said, try this. And this family member said, try that. And you've tried it all. You've tried it all. And it's left you hurting. And it's left you broken. And it's left you more in need than when you started. Could it be you need something different? And the thing that is different is a man by the name of Jesus. Because what you've always had has left you powerless and empty and broken. But I've come to tell you this Jesus that you're feeling, this Jesus that you're encountering, this Jesus that you don't know what to do with, this Jesus that's making you get out of your comfort zone is the very one that you've been looking for all of your life. Come on, stand to your feet and lift your hands. Come on, somebody. Come on, I need the church to pray right now. I need the church to pray. I need somebody to help me create an atmosphere.